We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep breath. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Bad court nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his picture on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. Was no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. Hope you're all staying warm out there in this crazy winter weather. Uh, the Mavs on Martin Luther King Day, they had a uh, a midday game against the New Orleans Pelicans, second consecutive game against the Pelicans. They lost the first game by 10. Came back in this one. It's really a crazy game. And by the way, I've got my guy Grant Afseth uh, with me here. You can find both of us on Twitter. You can find Grant at Grant Afseth. You can find myself at Dalton underscore Trig. And follow along with all of our work over at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, but Grant... That game against the Pelicans was insane. Uh, the Mavs, they came out of the gates on fire. They were up by 16 at the end of the first quarter, and you thought, man, you know, things are really going their way, and it was crazy because, you know, the Pelicans didn't have Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram or C.J. McCollum in that first game, and they still won the game. Uh, they had all those guys in the second game, and they were down big early. But then the second quarter started – in about three minutes of time coming off the clock, that lead was gone for the Mavs. It was completely gone. The Pelicans had it tied at halftime. They were up by seven going into the fourth quarter. And then just all of a sudden, 
out of nowhere, things just turned for the Mavs. They were, the Pelicans were missing some shots. The Mavs couldn't miss shots, especially Tim Hardaway Jr., who was just insane in this game. You know, they they just had an overall great clutch performance without Luka Doncic, and it was impressive to see Derek Lively. It was his first game back after missing, I believe, five games with that ankle sprain. Uh, and then, you know, the, uh, the big storyline, I guess you'd say, is Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. combining for 83 points. Kyrie had 42. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 41. It's only the second time in Mavs history that teammates have both had 40 points in a Mavs game. And the other time was last season when Luka and Kyrie did it. So now it's Luka – I mean, it's uh, Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. So – Initial takeaways. I know we have a lot to unpack with this game, Grant. But I mean, what are your what are your thoughts after you know what you saw at American Airlines Center on Monday? Yeah, I thought uh, one of the big things that stood out was just how important you know routinely throughout the season we've seen Derek Lively is to both the offense and the defense. Like he's uh, he provides something that the other players in, in the front court rotation just don't. Seven feet with a lot of length and athleticism, and he's and honestly like. He routinely just, whether it's on or off the floor, just impresses me with how mature he is. Like Kyrie Irving gets top locked on handoffs and he's finding him for cuts like at least like once or twice every game, it feels like when they're on the floor together. And, uh, you know, Luke as well. And it's just overall like, um, you know, a lot of impressive things from Derek Lively. The offensive rebounding was staggering. It felt like whether he was coming up with the offensive rebound or just getting a hand on the ball that presence made a big difference. You know, that prevented the Pelicans on quite a few plays from even just like getting up the floor and transition because they didn't like secure the ball, uh, you know, quickly enough to really outlet it and just push. Uh, so his presence, there's a lot of little ways that, you know, maybe on the surface people wouldn't like click to be like, yeah, that's a big part of what Lively brings. But, you know, when you go down the whole list, there's just a lot of things uh, that improve when he's out there. And then just, you know, the ability to respond to adversity, I thought was big when they have enough key players available. Like they allowed over 80 points, 40 each in the second and third quarter after giving up only 17 and they didn't fold. They, uh, you know, kind of buckled down defensively in the fourth quarter. Lively was really active on the boards, came up with some pivotal rebounds. Yeah, they were huge. They that like stretch where, they had multiple good looks, and then Tim Hardaway, you know, the ball found him, uh, and he knocked it down uh, to really, like, uh, provide a boost. Uh, there was just a lot of things in the Kyrie, you know, just basically gradually working his way to 42 points. Like, he didn't have any, like, he scored he five or 20. Yeah, it was just like he just worked his way to there, and, yeah, it was just – it was really impressive overall. I thought, you know, that's exactly what you want to see without – you know, Luca in the lineup, and uh, it was against uh, a team that was a lot fuller strength uh, Pelican squad than it was a couple of days ago. So definitely a lot of interesting, encouraging uh, parts of that game. Yeah, I mean, look, you look at Kyrie's numbers since he came back from that uh, heel contusion. He's played seven games since coming back. He's averaging 30.3 points. 7.4 rebounds, 5.6 assists, two steals, almost a full block per game, only two turnovers, and he's shooting 50% from the field, 49% from three. The dude is on a tear right now. He is just – this is as good as we have seen 
Kyrie with the Mavs. And, you know, it just it shows the potential of this team, you know, what they could be if they can stay healthy and everybody is in mid midseason form. You know, if they can get Luka back and he's healthy and you have Derek Lively and you can avoid playing the Trailblazers again uh, because that seems like every time they play the Trailblazers, <laughs> there's an injury that happens. Uh, you know, it, it's you can see the potential of what the team could be. Now, again, you know, Tim Harwood Jr. is not going to go for 40-plus every night. But if you have Luka healthy and Kyrie healthy, they can give you 30-apiece every night they're on the court. I mean, I think that's a reasonable expectation, especially if you have all the other guys just contributing something, you know, uh, along the way with them. So that's something that, you know, I really enjoyed. Now, what did you think about Grant Williams specifically? We're going to talk about a couple of different guys here, but Grant Williams, you know, he, he still isn't playing great in my opinion, but you know, there were times where he didn't settle for shots and he, he took it to the rim a few times today and got some easy buckets. He did end up hitting a big three, you know, late in the game that was, you know, ended up being huge for the Mavs and, he had, a, I believe, seven assists in this one, too. So, I mean, what do you think about his performance, how he's kind of working his way through, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whatever the case may be, you know, he's having to work through some tough times here in his first season in Dallas. What do you think about his performance today? Yeah, I thought tonight or today specifically, I thought he was pretty solid. I think, uh, you know, he did his best to challenge some of the Pelicans' top options, whether it was Brandon Ingram or Zion. You know, so they just made plays against him uh, like they did against, you know, I mean, Brandon Ingram had a struggling performance, more so Zion when I say, uh, you know, they both made plays. But there was times where, you know, they were just going to make plays like better offense than uh, better than defense sometimes because they're great players. Uh, but overall, you know, I felt he was a, he, he was pretty solid. I think he's still hesitating too much sometimes from behind the three-point line where, you know, as you said, he did have that dunk that was, you know, a good uh, play where he used the shot fake, created a flyby, got downhill and dunked it, and, uh, you know, made plays in general. But uh, I think overall – Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he made quite a bit of plays. <laughs> I he the dribble handoffs a little bit too. So I think uh, – you know, overall, I think that he did some some things well, but I think you know going forward, you definitely would like to see him be you know quicker uh, with the you know letting the threes fly and be really aggressive with that, uh, unless there is that lane that's open instead of just doing it just to do it. Because there were times where the possession kind of got killed after he did that shot fake attack downhill and didn't have anything. So I think uh, finding that right balance, getting comfortable with that go a long way for his offensive like just general contribution especially when Luca's back because there's nothing Luca hates more than someone who's going to pause with the ball when it's been popping or he finds them wide open and they shot fake and then it doesn't lead to anything like you got to get that shot up so I think as someone who started the season taking those types of shots at a I think a very high clip uh, the, I remember early in the season, he joked about how 45% wasn't high enough. He wants to be at 50% or <laughs> higher uh, from three. Like things were a little better here. <laughs> so you uh, the that now, were a little so. higher, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I think he's around what 37, 38% overall from three so far now this year. So the, it, considering where he was at after 10 games, which was 
fifty-five percent from the yeah, he was the most he's... efficient spot-up player in the NBA. I think after <laughs> like nine or ten games, it was like a phenomenal start for sure. So if you think about that, it's like okay, he was he was shooting fifty-five percent from three after ten games, and now we're at the forty-one game mark, and it's down to thirty-seven or thirty-eight, whatever it is. It's like man, that that's a huge drop-off in those <laughs> that's thirty games since. So. But look, I mean, it's a long season. Uh, you know, hopefully he can. In my opinion, I mean, I don't have anything to base this off of, but in my opinion, I feel like it's more physical with with Grant Williams than anything else. Whether that's some injury that he's been working through, or you know, uh, whether he's not in the best of game shape, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, I've kind of felt like that was probably the biggest thing holding him back. But overall, I mean. He only shot one of four from three today, but he had a, a solid, productive performance. Seven points, seven assists, three rebounds, three steals. And he was a plus 16 for the game, which was the best of any other Mavericks, you know, which is kind of crazy considering they had two 40-point scorers. So um, another guy I want to briefly talk about, Maxi Kluba. His toe grew back. Uh, you know, he he's, he he's back in the lineup. He started this game. Um, and you know, he only had four points, five rebounds. He only shot one of three overall, but it, it feels like it helps the Mavs just to ha- like, it doesn't even matter if he plays extremely well or not. Just having another big body seems to have helped the Mavs great. I mean, we saw the impact with Derek Lively coming back. We knew that was going to happen, but then you bring back Lively and you start Kleba with him at the four and it just shows what adding a little bit of size you know, to this lineup can do for the Mavs. And I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? How do you think that kind of makes the Mavs front office think going forward as we get closer to the trade deadline? It's like, okay, look, if this looks like this, just adding a big, big body in there in Kleba, who is, you know, his best days are probably behind him. What could it be like if we did go out and get a Pascal Siakam or a Jeremy Grant or something like that? So, I mean, what, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think when you look at just the roster they have right now to start, I really like the combination because I think, you know, kind of back to the points that we were talking about Grant Williams, he's usually one of the alternative options at the four spot. He, If you're not going to really get like aggressive quick trigger threes from Kleba, you're still not – you're going to get some hesitation from Grant Williams too. So it's like like the potential that you have offensively at times that gets limited by, you know, Maxi may, maybe not being like that – like aggressive option that's going to convert at like a like a 40 plus percent clip on a high volume at least what you're going to get is a bigger body as you said like he started out guarding Zion and he sagged off of him and had the size to be able to absorb contact and that makes a big difference versus you know Grant Williams there was a play where Zion kind of just exploded through him and around him at the same time and finished like uh like it was just kind of ridiculous like there's just there, like I don't know everyone is going to be Zion Williamson obviously but like you know the the level of versatility you have guarding the ball uh with that size is different when you have someone who's genuinely like a, a the size of a of a big man not like you know a forward who's playing up a spot and I think, uh, you know, another thing that Derek Lively actually brought up after the game was just how you know nice it was to have that sort of backline presence, but having another big on the floor and uh, like because Maxi got a, you know, a block and, uh, you know, he he really showed you know, in general that they can be interchangeable, kind of like last year 
it's a weird comparison, but like last year with Christian Wood, when he played two bigs together, like Wood would be, you know, guarding the weak side corner uh, and Maxi would be the anchor at the five. Uh, like basically the the core of like the, or the foundation of the idea of what that tandem did. But when you kind of swap out Wood with Lively in this scenario, they're a lot more interchangeable because, you know, Lively can be the interior presence and Maxi can be the one out in the corner or switching in general. So I think overall, like what we've seen from both players, like Lively on his own without Maxi and then vice versa in previous seasons from Maxi playing that role, there's a lot to like about like the the size, the presence that they have. And because, uh, you know, even when uh, Lively was the only true big on the floor, uh, you know, throughout this season, they do still have situations where they're pretty undersized, you know, at the, on the perimeter throughout games. So I, I do really like that idea of having them together for, you know, extended period. And, uh, you know, I thought today was a good start on that. Um, and, you know, when you have Luca as well uh, going forward, you have size in the backcourt. So that, that could be a really big, like, overall personnel group. But you also have, like, an isolation, like, creator that you're not going to really need much offensively from Maxi other than taking open shots and, you know, driving closeouts when it's there. I did like the one, uh, like, the mid-range pull-up that uh, Maxi had. Uh, like, there was a time where he, you know, kind of did what Grant Williams was doing where he was shot faking, creating flybys. and Because the Pelicans' mission was very clear to, like, run shooters off the line. Uh, but I like that Maxi, you know, banked in a shot. And I think uh, he's got a little bit more, I feel like, to be able to utilize when he's playing that role uh, than, like, you know, some other options that may be out there, like, in general for, like, complementary, like, fours uh, that I think uh, can be maximized when he's playing next to, like, a dirty work big man and he can just focus on being on the perimeter. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the Mavs, they got a big win. They're uh, they're 24-17. and 17. And here's a note from Mavs PR. With 41 games played, it says the Mavs are they, or they enter the second half of the season with a 24 and 17 record, which is a 58.5 win percentage, uh, and it's their best record after 41 games since the 2019-2020 season when they were 26 and 15, and their second best since the 2014-15 season when they were 28 and 13. So, all things considered, through all the injuries, through all the, the stuff that has gone wrong, the letdowns versus teams that they should beat that are severely undermanned, it's it's been pretty good for the Mavs, you know, all things considered. So, you know, I feel like Luka will probably be back to start this mini road trip that's, uh, they'll play the Los Angeles Lakers next, and then they play the Golden State Warriors a very manageable mini road trip because I mean we've seen it. They can beat both of these both of these teams, uh, and then they come back home and have a huge game against the Boston Celtics, which will be a really tough test. So uh, we'll see how it goes. If Luca does come back for this next one, you know it seems like everybody's kind of getting healthy at the right time, uh, unless something else happens. But you know, all things considered, things are looking pretty good for the Mavs going into the second part of the season. And we still don't know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. You know, there's uh, – I I feel like there's at least going to be one move that they make. And it might not be – it might not be a splashy move like Siakam or something like that. But I do feel like they're going to make at least one move before the deadline. So, um, I guess I, before we close this out, I mean, what are your thoughts on what the Mavs can do to improve their roster, even if it's not, you know, one of the big moves that we've been talking about, especially on DallasBasketball.com the last few weeks? Yeah, I think a big, uh, I think a couple options uh, that really kind of stand out is kind of what's already been reported with the four spot. I think, you know, for a lot of what we talked about uh, with Maxi and Grant Williams, if you can add a, you know, even more talented option uh, that can put the ball on the floor and really like make teams pay on the wing, I think that could, uh, you know, re- really go a long ways because for as good as like Derek Jones has been, defensively this season teams still do things like put Valachunas on him and dare him to shoot and uh you know he's not naturally a great shooter so that's something that you kind of want to I, I think ideally a great great team would have him probably be like an athletic bench piece in a perfect situation even though he's had a career year and he's been a you know really helpful player overall I think just your base identity, you don't really want like a, a weakness or a an area where the opponent is trying to like basically hide somebody like that. Like you want to like the, the perfect situation for the Mavs is to have nowhere for a defender that can't guard in space to hide. And if you had someone on the perimeter who can also not only shoot, but put the ball on the floor and you can really hunt mismatches in like a variety of different spots that's like really like like terrorizing if you think about it because like like it like where would val where would you put valachunas you know like uh, yeah. or someone like that like <laughs> like ideally like that's the type of situation is just minimizing the weaknesses uh things like that uh and i think like i don't think you know Derek jones is weakness by any stretch but overall a deeper team would probably ideally have that big four 
that has shooting skill, that has the ability to guard. And, you know, there's not a ton of players out there like that, obviously. So if it's not out there, it's not out there. But I do think in a more like smaller scale setting, I think being a uh, buyout landing spot could be intriguing because it is harder for some of these other teams that are over the second apron uh, to be able to get a, uh, you know, like a premier buyout guy since they're actually ineligible to sign them. And something that we recently wrote about, like whether that's going to happen or not, but like Gordon Hayward is being monitored as a buyout guy. Like if you're not really going to have the greatest pick of skill sets when you are playing the buyout market, but if you can add and enhance a rotation spot, like a six, seven wing that's got skill and already has experience playing with Kyrie Irving, things like that, that would be an intriguing option for sure. So I think, uh, you know, if you could accomplish two of those like sort of moves in general, that would be a very, very interesting situation. And I think just in the grand scheme of things, the team, like as you said, with that start, the best start since the 2019-20 season, that's fascinating to think about considering this is a team that's been so injured so frequently. They didn't really even want to give a half-season evaluation today, like Jason Kidd and like Kyrie Irving. And they were kind of like, I'm not really into that. Like, you know, we haven't really seen enough of of what we are supposed to be to be able to really have a great answer for that. So Look, I don't like, know. I don't. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I know about a week ago, and there's been more games missed since then. About a week ago, the Mavs were third in the league next to the Hornets and some other team as far as like for sure. Yeah, the Grizzlies. Yeah, they they were third in the league with you know most games missed due to injuries. So it's been crazy. I mean, they really have battled through a ton of crap just to you know keep their heads above water and be seven games over five hundred going into this second half stretch and look the pelicans game was huge because if they had lost they would have lost the season series and they don't have any tiebreakers against the people ahead of the pelicans so uh you know their best shot of getting a playoff spot and i mean obviously they depending on how the second half of the season goes you could shoot up you know into the top four if you if you play well enough but you know in tiebreaker situations having at least one potentially against the Pelicans it's you know they're tied on the season series but all that stuff you know you could still have a better conference record and all that kind of stuff that factors into it it was big for the Mavs so huge win without Luka after missing three games I think he'll probably be back for for Los Angeles he doesn't he doesn't like to miss any games played against LeBron James so you know we'll we'll see if he makes his his return back to action in LA it should be a good one but, uh, but Grant, look, I appreciate you joining me today. Uh, to all you watching, I appreciate y'all as well. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on our Math Step Back YouTube channel. Go over to Grant's channel and hit subscribe on his as well. You can find him at Grant Afseth on YouTube. Uh, and go keep up with all of our work on DallasBasketball.com. We are churning out stuff daily. Uh, we are at the midway point of the season think we've done an excellent job to this point and it's going to continue to happen as we get toward you know the end of the year and into the playoffs hopefully the playoffs and uh you know go from there so guys i appreciate it y'all have a great rest of your day stay safe out there in this cold wet weather and we will see you next time whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.